KQED Public Radio in San Francisco. I'm Michael Krasny. The Trump administration promises to take an even harder line on immigration if President Donald Trump wins a second term. Advisors say they will boost efforts to cut down asylum and work visas and penalize more sanctuary cities. Meanwhile, former Vice President Joe Biden has said he will focus on ending family separation at the border, create a path to citizenship for millions of immigrants who lack authorization, and expand DACA. We'll dive into both visions for the future of U.S. immigration policy. But first, we talk with Grant Colfax, director of the San Francisco Department of Public Health. The city has been praised for its success keeping the virus at bay. He'll join us to lay out the city's coronavirus strategy in the coming holiday months. That's all next after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. San Francisco recently distinguished itself by becoming the first California city with minimal coronavirus spread. That's according to the state's coded system. Meanwhile, the Bay Area is reporting the first significant uptick in cases since August, but regional numbers are far lower than a growing national outbreak. San Francisco Department of Public Health Director Grant Colfax joins us to discuss his strategy for weathering the upcoming holiday season in a pandemic that's taking a heavy toll on the city's economy and shows no sign of slowing down. And welcome, Dr. Grant Colfax. Good to have you back with us. Good morning, Michael. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. Uh, let me just go right to it. Give us a progress report. Where are we with COVID-19 now? Well, I think right now... Um we have seen the results of our hard work over these uh, past months. You know, from the very beginning of the pandemic, we took an aggressive, unified, and comprehensive response. Um, obviously, one that involved the health department and our healthcare systems, but one that was broader than that, that has involved many city departments, um, uh, community stakeholders, community based organizations faith leadership, educational institutes, and businesses. And this really has been from the beginning. Remember that Mayor Breed declared a state of emergency in February before we even had a COVID-19 case in, diagnosed in the city. That led to our shelter in place order in March, on March 16th, as you know, the earliest in the country. And then as we've evolved, we've been able, because of this comprehensive response, we've been able to scale up testing emphasize masking, the social distancing, and have a very deliberate uh, reopening. We have beat back two surges. We had that surge in April that resulted in, in just about 100 hospitalizations, and, and, and San Francisco beat that, that back. We had a surge in July. Um, we beat that back as well. And as we move on our deliberate reopening, we've been very thoughtful about how we do this. We want to do it in a way that follows the science, data, and facts, and reopen the lower risk activities first as we progress uh, into uh, more risky activities. As we reopen, we expect to see more cases. Um, and really, this has all been about slowing the spread of the virus so our healthcare systems do not uh, get overwhelmed. We are in the yellow tier. Um, that is good news for San Francisco. And because we've opened up a number of activities since we've been taken off the state watch list uh, in September, we do expect to see cases uh, climb. But right now, compared to other jurisdictions, we have a very low case rate. We have a low death rate. And San Franciscans are saving lives every day by wearing those masks, practicing social distancing, and avoiding large gatherings. And many kudos uh, to the citizens for cooperating with health officials and what you and Mayor Breed and the Board of Supervisors have put forward because you've stood with science. And I think uh, I echo what uh, Dr. Bob Wachter, who heads up uh, the medical department at UCSF, has said about uh, the fact that you've saved lives. Um, 
Where are we now, though, in terms of mitigation strategies or, for that matter, reopening strategies? We're going to stay with yellow? So we are in the state yellow tier. And, you know, I think one of the things, the state tier system was really developed for all 58 um, counties in, 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 in the state, right? So from the very beginning, we have looked at our local data and responded um, to, our, to our local indicators. We will be, you know, we continue to watch cases and hospitalizations. Uh, cases have gone up a little bit. Hospitalizations have, have gone up somewhat. So we are watching that and we will respond um, as necessary to our local context. The state framework is helpful. It's a helpful guide. I think it's very helpful regionally. It seems to be working so far, but we are in a very vulnerable, uh, we are entering a very vulnerable period. Winter is coming. As you know, we've seen uh, a third surge across the country. Uh, it's, it's very concerning. Uh, there were over a thousand deaths uh, yesterday uh, across the country. You know, that's, that's equivalent to, you know, three jumbo jets going down uh, every day. So we are watching this carefully. Uh, we hope to be able to stand our ground and, and maintain our gains. But if, if cases uh, continue to go up at such a rate, um, we will pause again, just like we did uh, in, in uh, the early summer. Uh, we want to stand our ground, maintain our gains, um, and as, as much as possible, not, not reverse our efforts. But again, we need to follow this virus very carefully. The thing about this virus is that it takes off very, very quickly. So even if we're at relatively low rates, what you watch for is the rate of increase. So the absolute numbers may stay relatively low. By the time those numbers start you know, getting up into, in, 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 in higher, it, it can often be too late. And that's what you're seeing in places, um, unfortunately, uh, particularly in states in the Midwest right now. Healthcare systems are being overwhelmed. So far, we've avoided that. Um, our health our healthcare system capacity across our nine hospital systems in San Francisco remains good, but that can that can change. So we're we're watching very carefully, and again engaging in in following the data, local data, to determine um, what next steps uh, we we may take. Well, unfortunately, though, as you point out, other states are resurging, and uh, Dr. Fauci has been warning about uh, the holidays, as you just did. Uh, the holidays have not necessarily helped with keeping things flattened. And uh, there's going to be a third wave. In fact, I mentioned uh, Dr. Bob Wachter. He said the city can survive it. They just have people just have to continue being as vigilant as they've been. That's right. That's right. I think that the the key thing here is this is not the the holiday. We want to we want us to all be here one, you know, when, when this is over, um, and we want to gather, be here to, to gather together when, when this is over um, and have the, the in-person celebrations, the hugging, the food sharing um, after we get through this together. Um, this is not the year to have a large holiday celebration uh, in person. This is not the year to uh, congregate with, with relatives who may pr be particularly vulnerable uh, to the virus because of their age or because of comorbid conditions. Um, even with a, with a negative test, that is not a guarantee. I think we've seen that, unfortunately, uh, across the country. So please uh, be thoughtful um, during this holiday please um, do not congregate in large groups. If you do congregate in small groups, do it outside, wear a mask. We know when you take that mask off, even if it's for a relatively short period of time to eat or drink, uh, that increases uh, uh, transmission risk. So we are entering this vulnerable period, but we've got to be really thoughtful. Do a Zoom holiday, do a Zoom Thanksgiving. Um, uh, there, there are ways to do this and we just need to adapt. The virus 
in a sense, is counting on us um, going back to our, our normal behaviors. That's how this virus has spread so quickly across the country, and we really need to hold our ground. Talking with Dr. Graf Colfax, he's director of the San Francisco Department of Public Health, and I want to invite our listeners to join us with any questions you have for Grant Colfax. You can give us a call now. The number to call is 866-733-6786. Again, the number for you to join the program at is 866-733-6786. You can also, of course, get in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or email any questions you might have to forum at kqed.org. And Grant Colfax, uh, can I ask you about treatment options? Are we better able to help and treat those in hospitals now? So I think one of the key uh, reasons we have a low death rate is because our healthcare system in San Francisco is excellent. Um, We have widespread access to care, and there's a long history of San Francisco being the forefront of access to health care and good public health care. Our Zuckerberg San Francisco Hospital, um, which is part of the public health department, has been a model public health hospital for for decades now, and San Francisco has invested heavily in that. And because of that, we have state-of-the-art care for people who, um, unfortunately, if they are diagnosed with COVID-19 and need to go into the hospital, we do have really state-of-the-art care there. So I think along with colleagues at at UCSF and following um, the latest science, we have improved our management of of people um, in the hospital, which is uh, one of the reasons uh, that that we do have a a, a relatively uh, low, low death rate. Certainly, um, that's not a reason to let up on our vigilance. Um, and as we have seen across the country, we continue to have h- higher death rates among uh, people over 65 and people with, with comorbid conditions. I think it's helped a great deal, these partnerships uh, that go back to working against AIDS between public health officers uh, and universities here in the Bay Area and specifically in San Francisco. And uh, also, the tech companies were kind of ahead of things, uh, ordering people to work from home a couple of weeks before, uh, and that has helped. Uh, and so we've had some really unique facets here that have really continued to keep things down. But uh, I was looking at numbers, for example, in Marin, and they're continuing to go down. Are they doing anything different than in San Francisco? Well, I think you're exactly right that our institutional memory, particularly with regard to the HIV epidemic, um, as a community has really um, strengthened our response to this to this pandemic and so many in public health at UCSF and across the Bay Area have trained Dr. Tomas Aragon, our health officer, uh, trained at the height of the HIV epidemic, um, as did I at at Zuckerberg San Francisco Hospital and and UCSF. So we I I think that that we have a deep understanding uh, as a system of you know, what it takes to respond, which is going back to this comprehensive uh, uh, approach involving community from early on. Uh, We knew that was, we learned that was necessary in HIV, that's necessary here. And the combination of having strong public health uh, systems, good, uh, outstanding academic institutions and community and community leadership. And on top of all of that, of course, the political leadership necessary uh, to, 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 to ensure that we are following the data science and facts and making the right decisions. San Francisco um, is a dense uh, community. You know, we're seven by seven. So I think comparisons to less dense uh, counties are, are, are somewhat uh, challenging to make. But I do think a region, the regional approach that we've taken through our collaboration with other um, uh, counties in the Bay Area is particularly, sal- particularly salient with regard to why we are all 
um, more successful at this point than many other regions. Uh, we are not isolated, obviously. Many people um, uh, uh, come, come to San Francisco from the region to work. So we're all in this together and all taking uh, as many precautions that, as we can to ensure we slow the spread of COVID-19. Oh, we still have some small surges, but we're still really far uh, fewer in cases and numbers than what, are, what we're seeing in the rising national figures. And I come back again to Dr. Bob Wachter, who has been on the program a number of times and has many Twitter followers uh, who keep up with his notes on the pandemic. He says we may have to wait until the summer before we can call San Francisco a success story. Uh, all that and more as we continue our discussion with our guest, Grant Colfax, who directs the San Francisco Department of Health. And again, if you have questions for Dr. Colfax, give us a call now. Our toll-free number is available. It's 866-733-6786. We'll go to your calls forthwith. Again, the number to call, 866-733-6786. Or get in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or email any questions you might have to forum at kqed.org. When you're listening to Forum on KQED Public Radio, I'm Michael Krasny. You're listening to Forum on KQED. I'm Michael Krasny. We're talking with Grant Colfax, who is director of the San Francisco Department of Public Health. And let's bring a caller on. Fred, join us. You're on. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I want to commend Dr. Colfax and the mayor. Uh, we you know, have a fantastic uh, survival rate in the city. At the same time, I think we have the highest uh, small business closure in the entire country. Um, how do we reconcile that? I mean, at a certain point, people you know, need to make a livelihood. When I talk to friends from middle America, the conversation is, you know, how do you guys balance people's livelihoods with, you know, trying to keep the survival rate as high as possible, the mortality rate as low as possible? How do, what do we do to get people back to work, but in order to and also keep the death rate low? Yeah, Fred, it's a vital question. And Dr. Colfax, you want to respond? Yes, I think that's uh, key to our work uh, across the systems and with, with stakeholders. And I think... The key thing is that as slowing the spread of the virus is good for the economy as well. It's incredibly uh, important that uh, we we maintain the the gains that we've made so that we can gradually reopen. Um, if things get out of control, that's disastrous for the economy. And I think we're seeing that across the country right now. Um, that is, things have have gotten out of control in many regions, uh, the economic indicators are actually worsening. So it's really that, that uh, tension um, about uh, ensuring that we're doing everything we can uh, to safely uh, reopen. And to do that, we need to keep the, the virus under control. We have learned a lot about this virus in the last nine months, right? We, we know um, that, that masking is key we know that outdoor uh, activities are, are safer than indoor activities. So as much as we can uh, pivot to, to outdoor work, now obviously all businesses can't do that, but that, that, that is a uh, fundamental um, finding from the last few months that, that we are working to implement with key partners. And you know, we've opened a lot of outdoor spaces across the city, been flexible. Uh, Mayor Breed has been really emphasizing uh, th th this work. And then the other key, key issue um, that, that we need to continue to make progress on is reopening our schools, right? Re reopening our schools is key. So we've been working very hard 
uh, with the school district from very early on in the pandemic and with schools across the city uh, to, to get our kids back to in-person learning as, as safely and, and quickly as, as possible. But a pandemic out of control would be a disaster um, for, our, for our economy. So we need to continue uh, the, this balance. We have reopened quite a bit since September. Um, and you know we're seeing an uptick in cases now. It's, it's still lower than, than many other regions, but we're watching that uptick. And uh, we will continue to, to work with businesses to ensure that we're opening as safely as necessary, pausing if necessary. Um, I hope we don't have to reverse um, openings if, 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 uh, if everybody uh, does the right thing. But uh, again, we're going to have to watch and see those hospitalization rates, those case rates, uh, pause um, if, as, as cases tick up if necessary, hopefully not reverse. It's all in the numbers in many ways. Uh, right. And it's this tension, right? It's this back and forth, this looking at the data, trying to open things up. Um, as quickly as safely possible, um, and and then having to be resilient and flexible. I mean, that's the virus really counts on human behavior. Going back to you know, people want things. I want things to go back to you know the way the things Dr. were Bofax, before the pandemic. Do we still have you? It yes, I'm like here. I lost uh, our guest there for a moment. I was just about to ask him. Uh, Can you hear me now? About uh, I'm looking at some of the emails that are coming in, and we're going to try to reconnect with him, but. Um, Beth, for example, writes, how can we help those from communities of color who often lack good health care coverage and have medical issues that can contribute to a poor COVID-19 outcome? Um, right now, we're seeing some pretty startling and in many ways, very disturbing disparities, particularly in the number of uh, those suffering from COVID in the Latin, uh, Latino community. And uh, I wanted to ask Dr. Colfax about that. We're going to try to get him back on the line.